That was like a triple. Why buy a comic that might cost more than a ton? Come meet the brothers who are here to waste your time. Welcome back to Dime Comic Bros. We are your hosts, Spencer and Jacob. Colin has decided to take a very long hiatus. A sabbatical. A hyanus. His anus is very high. And uh, he will only be here for Dungeons and Dragons episodes once a month. And maybe some other stuff if I tie him up in the basement. Yeah, probably not. Good luck with that. He will return in March-ish. He's going to be working on primarily the the comic he's been working on, The Space Adventure, so I'm going to link that like a lot because I want to. He's about halfway through the first chunk that he wants to put out, so give him your money because he's not here. He's actually working for once. Allegedly. We'll see. Uh, Until then, you are stuck with the two of us for most of the time. So this episode starts with us talking about X2. X-Men United? Is that the the stupid subtitle? It was marketed as such, but it's not really called that. It's just X2 or X-Men 2. It is weird. I do remember. Yes. I do remember a lot of those posters. It's a very, very dumb title. To be fair, almost every single one of these movies has a stupid title or title change or whatever, so... Ah, yes. X3, Last Man Standing. No, that's a TV show you're mixing up. (laughs) Um, So this movie came out in 2003, directed by Brian Singer and written by Michael Doherty, Dan Harris, and David Hayter from a story from Singer, Hayter, and Zach Penn. uh, Sean Penn's brother, probably. Uh, I'd say no... But he did also write The Incredible Hulk, so there's that. Wow. So the X-Men are doing X-Men things, and the humans are all actually... Mutants are sussy. We must kill them. True. Uh, and then a, a secret agent man, or uh, army man, or whatever... Uh, William Stryker, a reworked version of uh, Reverend William Stryker from the comics. Uh, ooh, blue light filter. Uh, has secrets and a plan, and he's doing false flags. <laughs> he's just straight up doing false flag attacks. Um, so that's fun. And then the, the X-Men go, that's bad. Don't kill us. Reverse card. Actually, we're gonna kill you, buddy. Only some of the mutants did that. Most specifically, the one that did it last movie. I like killing people. So does Magneto. He does. He does. Um, this is definitely a step up from the first one. Yeah. It's a little bit. It's less clunky. Oh. Almost every character gets expanded on. Uh, this is the line where Wolverine is remembering a lot more of his past. Uh, Jean Grey's got a, a side quest happening. Uh, Aurora is used a little bit more, despite like, hey, babe, we need the weather changed again. Um, she she gets to be eye candy in this movie as well. Uh, One day they will recognize her as a crazy high powered mutant, but today is not that day. I don't know. 
Uh, almost every character, like, gets an improvement, except for Scott, I think. Cyclops is still like, no, that's my wife. I think oh, Scott... Oh, no, my wife is dead. I think Scott actually gets less in this movie than he did in the first one. I think. I don't know. It's kind of tough to tell. It's in the same range of, yeah, just very leaning on the melodrama because they're pushing Wolverine as, like, the de facto leader, even though he's, like, angry and he's a bad boy. Like, the screenwriter and the director are clearly pushing Wolverine as the front, so the fact, like, Scott being the team leader means nothing. Uh, Rogue gets a lot more because she's got a boyfriend now. They they kiss a couple of times. That's exciting. I don't know. Like, Teen romance stuff. Yes. There was just a lot more for almost everybody. Yes. Yes. Wolverine's hair, more pointy. I think worse. I think I liked him more in the first movie. Does, does... Sometimes it was curled over, too. Yeah. I think I think this one, sometimes it looks more like a wig. Hmm. It looks more like they, they did it and then they froze it in place with hairspray. Yeah. The first one kind of actually looks like it just looks like that. A little. Um, I, there is music in the, the mu- movie. The movie also just has the good music. Uh, John Ottman, I think, has composed every single one of these movies outside of the Wolverine ones. He's really good. He, he, this is It's one of the only things that has continuity in these movies it is the like music. It feels like old school superhero hero music. Yes, it's got that brass and it goes... Wah, blah, 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 blah. Very good. Very humble. Like, the, the strings that go... Sorry, wrong one. And Very humble theme, though. It goes... In my brain, it's it's right next to the one from the animated TV show. For me, anyways. I, I remember both of them very distinctly. Uh, Nightcrawler opens up the movie with a banger of a scene trying to kill I the president. For sure, you were going to say he opens up the movie with a bamp. Damn. Can we try that again? <laughs> <laughs> um, he opens up the movie with a really cool scene. I'm still kind of impressed with how well that scene plays out. Like, it's a little slowed down from what I would expect now. But pulling off that many stunts in such a short amount of time in, like, close quarters without a lot of quick cutting and hiding the wires so well is, is I think, pretty impressive. This whole movie holds up. <sighs> Sorry. This whole movie holds up a lot better than I remembered. I think the only stuff that has definitely suffered a lot with age is the the, the aerial combat and the planes and overhead landscape shots and stuff. Because Those look pretty rough. Bad CG. Yeah. Yes. That's definitely aged pretty poorly, but the sets all still look good. Still look good. The costumes, despite mostly being stupid, like are there. They're physically on the actor, so I'll give them props for that because my standards are that low. Big leather jackets this time. It looked. I don't know, reminiscent of, like, Grant Morrison's run or something. Kinda. I think it's the, the way that the 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 sleeves are, like, striated or the, whatever. The swoopy shoulders. Yeah, just swoopy shoulders. Yeah. Um, Wolverine's is a little better. He got that big X on the chest, but only if you, like, squint, you know? Mm. Um, uh, Nightcrawler's outfit is great. He actually looks like he came from the circus and is Catholic. I really like this character in the comics. He's fucking awesome. And he's for very little screen time in the movie. He leaves a good impression. Your parents should have told you this sooner, but most Catholics come from the circus. Um, Matt Murdock would like to have a word. It feels like that. It was a really good setup for a joke I'm not coming up with. <laughs> Me neither. There's, there's the, it's, it feels like there's material there, but I'm, I'm not getting it. Uh, I miss my calling, man. I agree. 
Um, I no, think that, the horse don't come from the circus. Uh, I think that Pyro is very underdeveloped, which is annoying because out of the what I think the movie was trying to sell as like you know you have your iconic trios you know Star Wars does it, Harry Potter does it like all like that's an established group dynamic and then uh rogue and bobby are solid and then there's just like the other kid who's like i'm angry and i have fire and especially when he gets recast in the next movie when he is on the bad guy team it just like means nothing it's like rip okay so nobody liked working with this kid obviously um I used to get really butthurt when I was younger, when I first started reading any X-Men comics, that they kept trying to sh- fucking ship Iceman with Rogue because I really liked the Rogue-Gambit relationship, like, a lot. But it does work here. If they're going to not have... I thought you were going to say, and then I realized they'll never make a Gambit movie. Shut up! Channing Tatum will get his day! <laughs> um, man, I... Dude, I'm still so pissed about that. They built the sets. It was ready to roll, and they just said, Nah. nah. The fucking movie studios. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I if you take this in a vacuum, I think that the 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 Rogue and Iceman relationship works fine for the movie. They have halfway decent chemistry. I like Bobby. It just... It's one of those things that always irked me because, uh, I don't know, Rogue and Gambit are, like, the best X-Men ship. Hmm. I'm, 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 I don't know about this relationship... Yeah. That's great. It's like some Romeo Juliet shit. They're like from different leagues of assassins and thieves. It's retarded. Uh, I love I it. It's gonna say different like assassins and Templars. No, they're like different types of deep south. Um, no, but the uh, like I think I said when we talked about this movie, uh, the first movie a couple weeks ago. Um, there there has been a since these films. There's been a push to uh, goth rogue a little bit and make her more southern. Yeah. So nowadays she just is like southern goth mommy. And that I think does pair well with with Gambit's Cajunness because he's very Cajun. Bye 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 bye. I'll take your entire stock. <laughs> yes. Um I, I like the I like the the metal in the blood. I I'm a sucker for that shit. That's that's the dorky comic stuff I love. It's like you know if I squint it makes sense. It, the, 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 it's in the blood, so it's so small that she the metal. Did, the, she put the iron in his ass and it's funny. That was a very aggressive scene. Just fucking bends him over the toilet, just rips his fucking pants down, and just stabs his ass. It's like whoa. Yeah. Do that to me. Um. I think I like Gene less in this movie than I do in the first one. Interesting. That's one of my criticisms from, from like when I was a kid that I still hold on to is I think that the way that a lot of the the people that are like, ooh, yes, X2 has never been beat. It's like, what? Well, okay, stop, go outside. But two, like, Gene has nothing to do in this movie yeah. other than to be frightened and like paranoid and then sacrifice herself. Like, the whole side quest is like the sequel bait. She's yeah. She's just distracted by... I feel the the thing is coming. Which is weird because obviously it didn't get followed through very well on in the next movie because of all the behind the scenes nonsense. But like, I don't even think that plants the seeds very well. I think it's just it's so vague where it's like so she's just being paranoid. She can smell the bad guys and she's it's like distracted. Right, but it's like that doesn't tell me that it's oh right an alien invasion is coming and also I have an alien inside my brain. Like that's not conveyed whatsoever other than. Wow, look, there's a, a firebird under the water. Like, that's... There's something in her eyes a couple of times when she goes cuckoo. 
Yes. She has her Joker moment. She did have and her she's Joker. She's got the flames in the eyes. Yeah, I just, I don't think it sells it enough. I, and yeah. I, I hate saying it, but I feel like the, 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 the threads were laid better in, um, Apocalypse for Dark Phoenix. Hmm. Not that Dark Phoenix is better than X3. They're on the same level. Uh, <sighs> they're both pretty rough, but like, I just, that was really clunky too. And Sophie Turner was completely wasted in that role as well. But like, I feel like that was more like, wow, she's so lonely and distracted and paranoid and nobody likes her except Scott, but everyone respects her. Like what? I don't know. I feel like that was conveyed a bit more. This is just like, yeah, she's the hot one. And also the boys are fighting over her. Ooh, the boys are fighting. Meh. I think that, that Scott and, 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 and Logan just need to have gay sex already. You would think that. I think pretty much every X-Men comic writer would agree with me. <laughs> um, it's still a solid movie. Scott is still the bottom. Yeah. Obviously. Have you seen him? Ooh, actual uh-huh. note on Scott. Speaking I, of bottoms. The one good movie, by the way. Um, bottoms? Yes. It's a comedy movie. Fine. That came out like last week. It's very funny. Um, I liked during one of Scott's only scenes to do anything... Uh, it really conveyed that his psionic blast, whatever the fuck, his Biden blast is kinetic energy. It's not lasers. Like, it, it's the only time I feel like that's actually been conveyed. Like, it sounds like they got hit and then they get pushed into a wall. Unlike hmm. what everyone thinks. It's like, wow, look, he has laser eyes. Like, no, actually, he punchy. Punchy eyes. That was your go outside moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think that's neat. I, I don't have a whole lot to say about this. It, I have a very hard time reviewing movies just because it's like, I liked it. It's good. So or, they, they built the big gaydar machine in this movie. That's yes. literally what they did. And then they, they didn't put, even put the gay guy in it. No, then they I, flicked the switch and then turned it into the anti-gay machine. The an- anti-gaydar. Yes. Fun. Good movie. Yep. It was better than I remembered. Good. Very good. So, you've been reading this loosely connected series of uh, one-shot graphic novels lately. You're right. Um, I watched The Flash. (laughs) It came out this year. I was busy when it hit the theaters and uh, said, you know what? Most people like it, so I'm just going to wait for it to hit it to hit the the streaming service most people like it what yeah that was sarcasm okay i don't know what side of the internet you're on man because sometimes you pull out really weird things <laughs> you're like this is a widely acclaimed movie i'm like no actually that one bombed what are you talking about well speaking of i did not think this was as bad as everything that i've heard it's bad for sure but it's not the worst most painfulest movie i've seen this year it's not but the reason why I ended up putting it at the bottom of my list is because I know dubious we'll ethics. Get there. <laughs> uh, Did you laugh at the baby? Did yes. you laugh at the baby? See, now you get the baby in the microwave jokes. And those were enjoyable moments. I I don't think it was supposed to be that funny. Yeah, but it was. <laughs> it was some of the worst CG I've ever seen. And uh, he puts the baby in a microwave. It is funny. I don't even know why. Like it's so the dog could land. I remember Colin said the same thing. He's like, "Why are you putting the microwave?" Yeah, it's like so the dog can jump on the microwave. Like at the end, 
all the babies are on the table at, in a row, and then he opens up the microwave for the last baby. And it's like, how did that even get there? Like, why even put it in the microwave? Fall damage. I don't remember. Fall damage. That doesn't make any sense. The There's microwave was pristine. So is everything in this movie, because it's all fake. <laughs> Uh, I do not know the full story of Flashpoint. I've watched the first two seasons of The Flash and never saw the resolution to the arc. Unironically, that's the best version of it. I haven't read the comic. It's better than the comic. So now this is like the first time I've seen the wrap-up or a wrap-up to the story. And it's dumb. It's so bad. He goes back and kills his mom. Probably. Oopsies. It's so dumb. But they didn't even show him going back and killing his mom. They show him going back and being like, I'm sorry, you have to die, Bob. Can I get a hug one nice time, actually, please? They don't show anything of note in this movie. That's That was one of my biggest criticisms afterwards. This was is it? my review. But I did. Discussion. <laughs> Every interview with the director was like, oh, yeah, by the way, you want to know why Keaton had retired? Oh, yeah, he killed a kid. It's like, where the fuck was that in the movie? <laughs> Like, you, just all the relevant information is not in the film. That's good. Uh, speaking of, I liked it when when Keaton was all haggard and gross looking and old. That actually looked kind of solid, even though it was probably fake. And uh, then he shaved it all off and he looked like a fat old guy in a Batman suit. You mean the wig that was draped over the stunt double's face? No, I mean <laughs> uh, the white hair stubble on his chin. Mer. I think I caught the edge of his wig a couple of times in the movie. Every time I saw him, like, his fat old man chin sticking out of the Batman suit, I thought of, like, that metal Batman song series that you sent me on YouTube a long time ago with strippers and stuff. Bat metal? Yeah. With the chin that looks like a fat dumpy. Mermaider. Yes. If Colin um, was here, he would sing the whole thing. <laughs> Dude, that, that, that series is so good. Yeah. That band is still active, too. Cool. It's a TV show. Uh, what else was there? I liked the effect of Flash running so fast, and then he's like stuck in the time, the wheel of time, like the fantasy series. He's stuck in the wheel of time, and he can see events all around him. That was kind of a cool idea. Unfortunately, it was used for evil and <laughs> things. <laughs> Ah, yes, the last known footage of Henry Cavill in this universe. Um, I liked that at the end when the Wheel of Time is collapsing into other Wheels of Time, it kind of looks like uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths with all like the colored balls. That was cool. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the CG to bring back other Supermans is bad. I looked into it, and the George Reeves thing killing himself is skeptical. There's other things around it. It was might have been a mob hit, so I'm not on board as much as you are. But still, to use AI to bring other characters, well, other actors that have played the character, or tried to play the character, into, like, this movie instead of, like, even live People that are still alive, it would probably do it because they're money-sucking actors that'll do anything. And not do that, just use shitty CG. is bad. 
You know the best part that I learned afterwards? So there's Is a, there's that a, actually the Nicolas Cage Superman fought a, a, the, the Shelob from the Lord of the Rings? No, although I know a lot about that movie, I that, movie that didn't happen. I only know about the picture of him looking like ass. There's a documentary about it. I'm uh, sure. No, is that so? There's a, a, one shot of a Jay Garrick looking flash yeah, running yeah. by. Yeah. It's actual AI. Not like we just threw it in a program and like we made the CGI face. It's literally, we put in like command prompt, golden age flash, Jay Garrick, and like a bunch of actor names. And like that just came up. There's no, there, that's not a person. Wow. There's nothing there. Wow. Actually horrifying. Um. The the black and white one looked good, well looked better because it's black and white. The Christopher Reeves one looked awful. That looked worse than Secret Invasion's title card. Like something's very wrong here. His head is moving. Like the skeleton is made of jello. Like this is not good. Um, someone was very proud of their work on the Nicolas Cage one because there was a lot of footage on that, and it was like why though. Um, oh, because if you if you know, you know. Uh. What else? I had other nice things to say that I was surprised about. The one scene with Ben Affleck outside of the bat suit I thought was pretty good. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I because he's yeah. your boyfriend. He is. He is it literally was my boyfriend. Kind of forgettable. But cause... you but you see, it's because he's like, I like you, but no, we're not gonna hang out because I'm still depressed. And it's like, but the, but you see the line when he's like, ah, another time. And then when Keaton's like, mm, another time. And they're vaguely trying to connect two Batman who have nothing in common whatsoever. Forgettable. I agree. Um, Dude, the... I'm going to be mad because there was like one other thing. Um, I was very upset because the, the past flash, I guess, is extremely loud. And screams all the time, like and throws up everywhere. Cliche woman, like like the the love interest from Temple of Doom. Like shut the fuck up for one second. Stop screaming. Ah! Uh, and then he throws up again. There were scenes with his roommates or whatever that didn't make any sense. It was like a ten minute thing of like, what are we actually watching right now? This is horrible. No idea. I want to commit a hate crime, or two, or three. Ezra Miller might have done a couple of those. Yeah, there was definitely some of those. I don't know if I sent you the screenshot, but... It, oh, there was a good one. Hang on. Let me see if I can find it really dude, quick. Dude, the dual effect. The two, yeah, 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 the yeah, two yeah. flashes next to each other are so bad. Uh, this guy's review on Letterboxd is the funniest part of this movie is hearing Ezra Miller deliver lines about not hurting people. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh. Uh, I gave it hold on I have to scroll all the way to the bottom of the list there, there's a start good start uh, I gave it a one and a half star it sits right above Black Adam at one and a half stars I would definitely say that Black Adam is less ethically dubious and more entertaining in a bad way but sure that Black mo- Adam was The Rock saying, I was a kid once, but now I'm The Rock, and we do a big smash. That's the movie. But at least it has that, versus this yeah, is, like, the, just... The, this vo- at least has, like, some pieces of Flashpoint where it's like, oh, there's a story here somewhere. 
and then Barry throws up again. Yes. Isn't it so cool how they brought back Heat and they're like, look at him being so epic and cool. We have technology to make him go fast. And then <laughs> there's just vomit everywhere. That was the nice thing I wanted to say. I like in the bat copter thing, the, the, the bat jet, that the cockpit stays like the same, but the plane moves around him. That's kind of cool and definitely like something Batman would do. He's like, no. My, his tummy hurt if he goes upside down. My tummy hurts if I go, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Yeah. And I have all the money in the world, so make me not airplane sick. <laughs> Supergirl was hot. Uh, she had nothing to do. She felt way underused. Zod felt like he was there to put... To, to sell tickets, he felt way underused, but not as much as Supergirl. Isn't it so weird that they're trying to simultaneously be like, ah, th- we're, we're moving away from these movies. We have nothing to do with these movies, but also this entire movie is focused on, like, Man of Steel, but doing it again. Isn't that weird? I think it's weird. Where the fuck is Henry Cavill's face? I don't get it. Ugh. I don't know. The, no, the no. point that they used AI instead of bringing in real actors, like the guy that's played Flash on TV for so long, <laughs> is just ridiculous. Yeah. So my experience of the movie was like, holy cow, this is bad. Ah, I'm wheezing. This is so hilariously bad. And then the middle is like, I'm so fucking bored. This Bat Keaton stuff is horrible. And then it's like, wow, this is so bad. It's so fucking funny. And then it's like, oh, God, there's AI. I'm leaving. Um, I almost I almost left. I like that, screamed in the theater. I'm like, this is fucking disgusting. That was how I got away with actually making it through the movie. Is I paused it like five times because like pretty much any time I got bored, I was like, you know what? I need a snack. You know what? I need another drink. You know what? It's dinner time. So if mm. I had to do it in one sitting, I'd be pissed too. But he put the baby in the microwave. <laughs> I haven't laughed that hard. For the wrong reasons in a long time. I've laughed that hard. There's been a couple of pretty good comedies this year, but I that was... Colin and I were, like, smacking each other in the theater. We were being so obnoxious. <laughs> what did you do this week? Oh, uh, I should donate my money to, like, Wilfer, because, like, I'm actually... Trauma w- the, I, I, the stupid lasso of truth thing pissed me off so much. It's like, wow, haven't we seen this joke before? The 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 wow look Batman, the guy, the, the, the big strong man is being all lassoed you know see you hang on to like the ew yuck this makes me feel yucky this is so bad i go ew yuck this makes me feel yucky this is so bad and i forgot about it it's gone i just can't do it it's delete dude it does the it does delete it but dude it does the what the current batman run is doing right now for bad reasons it does the like blue checkmark twitter brain but what if Batman donated money for public good? Like, he doesn't do that. You know, it did the I should stop beating up poor people thing. It's like, really? Damn, your understanding of Batman is very bad. You know? I just can't deal with it. I delete the bad. I wish I could do that. You are better. You what are... have you done this week? You know what else is disappointing? My penis. I'm sure <laughs> it is. Uh, the most recent run of Guardians of the Galaxy... I was looking forward to this uh, because... Is this the one with the covers that look make it look like a Western? Yes. Or was that the last one? This is this one. And it is sort of like a Western, but it's not good. So basically, 
Yeah. Uh, so it's written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, who are a team that I do like, and it's illustrated by Kev Walker, who I don't dislike. Um, but this is not good. It's <laughs> not. <said> this. <laughs> it's not atrocious by any means. So I've read the equivalent of the first trade paperback that's coming out in a couple of months, the first five issues. And the first five issues don't explain the fucking plot. I haven't read issue six yet. I'm not going to because I'm fucking bored. They still haven't explained why the hell Groot is an evil planet destroying bomb. It's still going on. That's my problem. My biggest problem with this isn't the like lame character writing, although it's very middling for the most part. The, the characters are all really very, very flanderized versions of themselves, but also their MCU versions, but also they're nothing like their MCU versions. Um, unlike most comic runs, especially Guardians, now that I've been reading so much of it lately, usually it's dealing with the after, after uh, effects of an event. Usually somewhat well, it just gives you a rundown. This is what happened in the last big event, by the way, Gamora and Star-Lord are angry with each other, whatever. And then this book does that, but with stuff that we don't know about, and it's been six months now, and we still don't know what the fuck's going on. So the the plot stuff that happens in the issues doesn't really matter. It's them basically getting the team back together, and that's it. It consists of Star-Lord, Gamora, Nebula, Drax, I think Moondragon, I might be wrong. And then eventually they pick up Rocket in issue four, I think. That's really it. Groot's the bad guy for unknown reasons. He is... Groot's no longer here. He eats planets now. He's like Galactus. I don't get it. It's a really cool concept. The covers are fantastic. I don't remember who does the covers, but they all look really good. Um, it, 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 nothing about it is abysmal. It's just, the run can definitely pull itself around. Like if this is selling well enough that they're allowed to finish at 20, 25 issues, whatever, this could just be a really rough start. But I'm not reading this issue to issue anymore. I, I can't. Um, they're just drunk and angry with each other all the time, and there's really generic voiceover. I'm a sucker for, like, neo-noir and neo-western, like, dramatic voiceover-type crap. Um, or what is that term? You know, like, when Frank Miller writes a book, and it's, like, all like it's voiceover, but it's all on the side of the, of the panels. It's not written over the panel. I don't remember what the hell it's called. But, like, the... The, not, the gutter, whatever the fuck, the gutter thingy, whatever. I, I don't mind dramatic voiceover that's kind of pretentious. I don't hate it, but like this book is just full of it for no reason. Every issue, it reiterates, oh, by the way, these are the Guardians of the Galaxy. They used to be a family and they're all angry with each other right now because Grootfall happened. Dude, what's Grootfall? They don't know. We don't know. We're working on it. Uh, the one issue that I thought was really good out of all of them, or at least by comparison was really good, was issue four. Uh, it is mostly flashbacks of Rocket being on his own on another planet, defending it from Groot's, uh, which I thought was nice because it's it seems to be a callback to back when uh, Rocket was Ranger Rocket way, way back in his early days. So he's like a cowboy cop thing. And that's kind of neat. He makes big guns and stuff and he like accepts his death and then the Guardians are like, yoink, we need you for plot reasons. And he's like, oh, you should have let me die. Damn. <laughs> um, it's the only issue in here that I genuinely enjoyed reading. Like, that sounds like typical Rocket. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, the art is fine for the most part. I think when the last book that I, I talked about a Doctor Strange book a while back with, that was also illustrated by Kev Walker. I don't dislike his style. I just don't think it works here. The book is supposed to be this really melodramatic, western, gritty, everyone's angry and sad shit, 
And he's drawing it like it's a fucking anime. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? It just, the proportions are all wonky. It's really, really cartoony. It makes the comedy not hit. It makes the seriousness not hit. I can barely tell the characters apart from each other because they're all written almost the same. I don't get it. Very disappointing. I paid a total of 20... Wait, math? Math. $20 for these five issues. They're four bucks a piece. Um, I will not buy this trade when this comes out. I have no desire to buy this trade. And of co- again, the trade only collects the first five issues, which isn't even the completion of the first arc. Very stupid. Poor layout. Um, maybe when the, ro- the the run is over, I'll reread it if it comes in like one chunk trade. It sounds paper. like you're just impatient. I've I've seen plenty of arcs that spread over two trades, so. But there's nothing. This is legit the first act, but it's five issues. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of filler up front, like w- with nothing happening. I kind of believe you, but and it's also, I really do want to see the payoff. No, I'm hoping that there's something here. It's The concept is interesting. It's not an untalented team. Um, but, like, it's also the, the smallest Marvel books that they have. They're, like, tw- I swear they're, like, 28 pages plus ads. Ugh. So there's barely any panels in here. It's all ads. And they're just, they don't go anywhere. So no, there isn't an issue where I'm like, wow, so much stuff happened. It's like, so they went to another planet and then the group ate this planet. And then they barely escaped with their lives. And then they went to another planet, and then Groot shows up. And it's like, isn't that what I read last issue? Disappointing. But if this is, you know, a 20-issue collection, I'll at least consider reading it. Disappointed! Yeah. It just really took the wind out of my sails. Because I was, I was, I put this off. I was like, nope, I shouldn't. I shouldn't get another book. But it looks so good. Very good. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. And then I decided to be the test dummy for this for you because you brought it up first. You're like, damn, that looks really cool. I like those covers. And I was like, fuck it. I'll buy them. Hmm. And I regret this. This is why I don't buy issues. I agree. I buy trades. I really try to. Yes. Do not recommend so far. Speaking of trades. That's not a trade paperback. That's a hardcover. I've been reading the... (laughs) I've been reading Hulk. Just kidding. I'm not going to edge you like that. <laughs> yeah, don't edge me. I don't last that long. I read another Batman, One Bad Day. This one was Bane, written by Joshua Williamson and uh, art by Howard Porter. Dude, this book looks so good. The it's so weird. The subtitle is The Last Vengeance of Bane. So Bane is down in Mexico. He's having a lovely time. Drinking tequila or cerveza and uh, beating the shit out of people in like WWE fights, which means that they're entirely not real. The, the fighters are walking around after the fight, after beating the shit out of each other, which is all well and good. But then a sneaky guy finds Bane when he's brooding and says, Actually, you know how Venom was gone? There's Venom again. And Bane says, no, not my Venom. <clears throat> no one's allowed to Venom no more. And then he says, remember that time where I worked with Batman to rid the world of Venom? And then I actually got Batman killed. And then he attacks the Venom place and there's no more Venom. So it sounds like you don't really like this one. The story was fine. I mean, it was cool that he goes and does a thing 
and uh, he's actually a good guy now and doesn't want people to become the monsters. Six and a half hours later. Bane does not want other people to become the monster that he was, so he wants to do a good thing and get rid of Venom, and that's all well and good. The artwork is cool. Um, it looks very pencil-y. Very pencil-y. It probably started with pencils. Um, this was like a three and a half out of five stars. It was fine. There were like, I just didn't have a whole lot of notes. There was like nothing nice to say about it. It just exists. Which is better than most of the series. The covers suck. Really? These alternate covers are some of the worst alternate covers I've seen. I don't remember any of them. 18 bucks hardcover. Stairway to Heaven, yet again. One left. One of the things that I did really like about it, of to, of note, is I like how much it acknowledged that Bane's like, yeah, so I murdered Batman's dad. <laughs> Oops. They reference Alfred multiple times. And it's like, yeah, so that was kind of shitty of me. I don't know. I it was that. cool that he was stuck on, like, chasing the high of the greatest thing he's done, which is breaking the Batman. Which is true, like, can, like in the editorial space because every five minutes Gotham's under siege by another villain again. You know, they're always chasing the... Because that's what the 90s were, was like, so we murdered Superman, that's insane, and then every other thing in the 90s was like, how can we top killing Superman? Yeah, you can't. So... So yeah, it's cool that he's like washed up and trying to chase that high, but it didn't really go anywhere. Damn. Wow. Woozy. Wow, wow, woo, woo. Speaking of strong people, I read Action Comics Presents Doomsday Special Number One. So this is sort of a fallout epilogue issue to, I think, Lazarus Planet, an event I have not read and I won't read for a long time and apparently is really mediocre. Whatever. Doomsday is dead again. Who? So surprising. The guy who loses his, who gets more power by dying and coming back, he's dead right now and he's in hell. And because he's been murdered so many times and brought back, he gets more powerful every time. He's basically scaring everyone in hell, and they're a, they think that he's gonna like become the new Lucifer. <laughs> it's fucking insane. So basically, long story short, uh, I don't remember the term for the character, like how DC presents it. Literally, literally, Satan though uh, pulls Kara uh, Zorel, Supergirl, and Martian Manhunter into hell, and is like, so I have this problem. If Doomsday takes over hell because everyone starts believing in Doomsday or whatever the fuck, he's going to get out of hell and destroy everything. So you should fix that for me. Uh, it's a really weird plot contrivance, but it's super fucking cool. So Supergirl and Martian Manhunter go to hell to fight Doomsday with like the power of, you know, sparing others from harm or whatever. They inspire all the dead people to like make a barricade against the doors of hell so they it doesn't let doomsday out it's all you know you can't come back to life you don't even know who you are anymore but like you probably had loved ones you can spare them from this suffering by like using your body as part of a coral reef it's super weird um it's super weird but i really really liked it uh it's written by dan waters who has been one of my kind of modern uh, modern Recent obsessions uh, in terms of writers. He has very odd mannerisms that I enjoy. I don't remember who does the art. It's very good. 
Um, the way that Satan is presented in the book is pretty cool. Like DC and Marvel uh, mythology and like cosmology, I find very interesting how it's all 18 layers of pantheons on top of each other and metaphysics and stuff. And it's all really silly. Um, but I just thought that it was pretty cool. It's like, it's like the first who fell or whatever the hell. I don't remember what they actually call him, but it's, it's some cool edgy name. That's like, it's just literally, literally Satan, but like we can call him something different. Um, uh, it's an actual like one shot special. It doesn't really change anything moving forward. Um, but it does just kind of show off some cool things. Like if this was part of a arc or an event, I would be disappointed, but just tell me as it's, it again, <laughs> as its own little 64 page blob. It's a cool little weird thingamabob. Um, the art was really, really good. There is a second part that's maybe 20% of the book, which is about apparently during Lazarus planet, some person from Earth, some superhero or whatever, uh, sacrificed himself to kill Doomsday. I don't remember because I wasn't there. I don't know what the hell's going on. But he is now the Superman of Hell, which is metal as shit. <laughs> um, so he's very... I don't, it's not like he has Superman powers, but he's in the Superman pantheon, I guess. So he's all, I'm going to trick demons into trying to beat me up, and then I'm going to beat him up harder. It's super dorky, but I really like it. His name is Bloodwind, but with a Y. <laughs> I love the 90s. It's so cool. Um, apparently, both of these concepts are going to be coming back in the current Joshua Williams, Joshua Williamson uh, Superman and Action Comics dual lines of like all the Superman books that are going on right now. Apparently, it becomes relevant. I don't really care. This is just a cool little, wow, there's like a good guy bumping around in hell beating up demons for fun. That's neat. Um, I bought this for $6. It's probably Spawn. May as well be. I bought it for 6 but He is black. Um, and he writes cool words that are actually spelled wrong. Dude, this was 6 bucks. Yes. $6 for a 64-page special. 6 pesos. Steal. If any of this sounded interesting, I think it's well worth picking up. Even if you never read it again, I think $6 is fine to waste. Because this was, was wicked neat. And the main A cover is goes hard as hell. It's it's Doomsday sitting on the throne of hell. Like, dude. That's that's metal. Do you know who else is metal? I pulled a third one out of my ass, actually. You suck. Yeah, I do. Actually, my next <laughs> one sucks. You'll find out why. I've been reading Immortal Hulk. I reread re the first two trades. So the first 20 issues, and uh, the reason why I rated it so highly has changed through each reading. So it looks cool. It's really nice to bring the Hulk back to spoopy monster. Like Jekyll and Hyde, kind of, but you also got, like, the Hulk comes out at night, so he's, like... Banner's scared of him because the, the sun's going down and uh, everybody around is him, like everybody nearby is scared of the Hulk because he lives in shadows. And it's all really cool stuff. And then this reading I figured out is very heavily based on Civil War 2. 
There's been a lot of that lately. It is, but it detaches itself from it so much. Yes. But yeah. But now that I understand, yeah, Bruce, oh, this is what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, he kind of got shot in the head. Yeah. Oops. I actually looked at trying to get a cheap copy of Civil War Two, and it was 50 bucks. And I said, I don't think so. That's rough. <laughs> um, the artwork is still amazing. I It just looks so good. The concepts of, like, actual body horror are just so good. They chop Hulk up into pieces and put him in jars, and he breaks out by snapping his fingers and breaking that one jar, and actually it breaks all the jars, and he's just laying in pieces on the ground until he goes together again. So fucking gross. Yeah. After the first arc, there's uh, the green door... So, actually, when Banner shot himself with all the radiation and had his oopsie-doopsie-fucky-wucky, he opened a door to hell? Somehow? So, there's a whole lot of that. Um, that was cool. And then he meets his waifu again. And that's pretty cool. She's a spoopy monster, too. And... Then the second trade closes out meeting uh, Abomination, who's just such a great design. Does he have the fish ears? I think so. I need the fish ears. He has the hand, the fingers over his mouth. And it's so scary. And he barfs on everything and actually kills Hulk. The hell? Have you not read these? Not that far. I got through the first like four issues and I was like, I need to wait. Oh. This is so good. Um, there's a Rick Jones. I don't know who a Rick Jones is. Can you tell me who Rick Jones is? Uh, one of Banner's besties. He, If I remember correctly, I don't remember if it's in main continuity. He's the kid that he saved from getting blown up by the, the, the gamma bomb. Oh. Yeah, but time doesn't work like that in Marvel, obviously. So now he's an adult or whatever. Um, I think... I might, I might be mixing up another character. I think he has the the magical quantum band sometimes where, you know, you can do the thingy and then you swap places with somebody else. I might be wrong. Um, I thought he was Quasar for a minute. I don't know who, who Derek Jones is, but he's, he's definitely like a, here somewhere. He's a and doctor a, and he's always doing something weird. It's a big twist. Wow. Usually he has like green hair or something. He's wacky. That's, um, uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's the other guy. The other guy? That's the other guy. Am that's a the- psychologist. Am I getting them mixed up? I think so. It might be that. I'm stupid, man. Okay. Hulk lore is always changing, so. Yeah. And so that is, like, my only detractor is, like, I don't know who these people are or why they're so important, but I don't know. It looks so good. Such very interesting storylines and, like, metaphysical, but actually what if... Hulk is the end of the world, Armageddon, and he's possessed by Satan. Wicked. Yeah. Very good. I like these books a lot. Very good. I'm trying to catch up to where I left off, which was the end of book three, so that I can read four and five. Because that's the whole run. Hot. So, the reason why my book sucks is because it's about vampires. I read Blade, Vampire Nation, number one. It is a one-shot slash collection. 
of the backup stories from various uh, Avengers issues. So during the time period where Blade was on the Avengers for a couple of years during the, I believe, Jason Aaron run, uh, there were just backup stories of Blade doing Blade things. Uh, this takes place during the time period where um, Dracula and Blade have a sort of uh, agreement. because So Dracula is all... We want to take over a country and have the vampires have a home or whatever the fuck. And then the US, the, the world governments are like, so that's fine, but you have to let Blade be your sheriff. <laughs> we know you guys hate each other. Then that's the whole premise. I like that. And the fact that this yeah. isn't an, the fact that this isn't an ongoing book is kind of a crime. Because that's such a super cool it's like, yes, let's take the mortal enemies who neither one of them want to be near each other, and let's make them have to work together because vampires. Uh, so they are in... Smells like a cop's is bad story. No. It's actually a aristocracy bad, because that's what vampires are about. Hmm. They're about the bourgeois, actually. Okay. Um, because the basically the plot of this is Dracula, instead of having his, you know, uh, like, council of elders, I guess, you know, his, his, his uh, Supreme Court or whatever the fuck, behind the Supreme Court is another Supreme Court of vampires. That's the finale of this book, which was really disappointing. Basically, a bunch of assassinations happen or whatever, and then Blade is tasked with finding who's trying to kill Dracula, and then... It sounds like this book didn't actually suck, though. It kind of sucked. What? See, when I said sucked, it was supposed to be a vampire joke. Yeah, yeah I get it's that. It's pretty mid, to be honest. Ugh. It's it's not bad. It's, it's a one single issue, so it's not like it's some crazy thing. Um, but yeah, it's just Blade basically doing a mystery but the mystery is not that intriguing and it doesn't really show him doing detective work like basically i could have guessed this from the beginning and i could have been right but not because i pulled any evidence from the book but just because like i know how dracula stories work because i i, I know how You've vampire read two before yeah i've read vampire stories i know what the point is um so that's a little disappointing and dracula's like whoa sorry blade is like whoa you have more guys that are in your pocket behind the guys who are in your pocket. That's crazy. And the book ends there. And it looks like the next Blade stuff doesn't take place in this period of there's a vampire nation in Russia, like, or wherever the fuck Chernobyl is. Like, it's weird. Um, the yeah, world building... The world building, I thought was pretty neat. It's very... Uh, like, what about human immigrants coming to these areas where they can live, where it's not super irradiated? How does that work? There are people who sacrifice themselves to be meat for the horde. Capitalism and stuff. It's, it's, it's a beans book. It's a beans book because vampires are beans, Jacob. You must accept this. See, um, I try to read beans into it. You're like, no, actually, that's that's got nothing to do with it. Well, this, you're reading the wrong beans because... Yeah, I mean, yeah, Dracula was literally... Oh, yeah, by the way, you know the guys that are sucking the blood out of us? They don't do anything. They sit in a castle all day. Wow. I know, super subtle. Um, the art wasn't very good, and that was the thing I think that definitely tanked it the most. The story being mostly bleh was fine, but the art isn't good. It's very inconsistent in size, proportion, and, like, style from panel to panel. It just... There isn't much action. The faces look weird. It doesn't look gross in like a, wow, this society looks really gross and fucked up and it's gory and whatever. It's just, wow, this looks gross because it makes me uncomfortable to look at. Um, Do you know what else is inconsistent in size, proportion, and, and style? My pee-pee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
the dialogue was also extremely generic. It basically felt like any character speaking to another character or the voiceover could have all been the same person talking. It had that very... Well, you know when Frank Miller books are bad and they have that really weird narration that doesn't... It's not first person, but it's not third person. It's all confusing and weird. It, it felt like what that. you were talking about with your first topic? Sure, but in a bad way. Hmm. And that's what it felt like. Um, I do like that the backup stories were collected, though, because I like backup stories. I think that's cool. If you have like a group or, or like a, a either an anthology book or like a group book, and then you have like a little thread running in the background with a different creative team. That's cool. And it's cool that they put it all in one book. But also, it would have been cool if it was better. It's written by Mark Russell. I think the only thing I've read from him was some Swamp, swamp Thing stuff from like Rebirth era, and that was bad. I might be wrong, don't quote me, but that's the only thing I can I can think of. I don't remember who does the art. I didn't notate it. It was pretty rough. I just, I don't feel like dumping on them because like it just didn't do it for me. I bought it for $5, so... It's not bad for four stories. I can't complain very much. It's 50 pages probably. It's just a thick issue. I don't remember there being a lot of ads in it. It's okay. It wasn't a waste of my time. It took me like 20, 25 minutes to read. Um, I just hope that it didn't waste the potential of the, but what if actually there was a nation of vampires at Chernobyl concept? Cause that's super fucking cool. There was another story I read that was based around that. It was, uh, during the really bad Darkhold book. That was, was the Darkhold book? Some book I read had that included in it. And I was like, that's so cool. And there's nothing else that I can tell so far, and I haven't read the new Bloodline Daughter of Blade book yet. You'll have to report back. I am looking forward to that one. Um, but yeah, so five bucks, I got it at Jetpack. It's not a waste, but I would have liked this to definitely be a lot better. It just didn't feel like it had much effort or thought behind it. But you know who does put effort and thought into their time and money? Definitely not me or you. No, not us. But our patrons. Oh. Over at patreon.com forward slash dime comic bros network do. Caitlin and Jeff Lorenz keep this show going on the road, the rubber meeting the road, uh, lights on over our head and food in our bellies and stuff. Uh, they give us money. Yes. We like money. Yep. We have a bunch of different rewards on our Patreon. We have books, books, bookmarks, stickers. Uh, early access to a lot of our stuff, exclusive access to different segments that we do outside of our main podcasts, uh, notes, just random shenanigans, our eternal thanks, uh, getting your name dropped on all of our episodes and all sorts of fun stuff like that. So if you can spare a couple of bucks, we'd love to have you. Uh, also subscribe to our free Substack every week or so. Jacob puts a good amount of effort into typing up a summary of what the fuck we've been doing and putting up pretty pictures. So if you are, uh, imagine it, Matt. I need a visual aid. Yeah. I'm stupid. There you I go. do not yeah. work on audio. Yes. Which is funny because I make funny audio. Yes. But uh, also I make the, the, the funny visual aid. So if you also want to get aids visually, you should follow our free Substack. stack. Uh, Eight visual aids from me. My visual aids. Jacob's visual aids. If you want them on your eyes, go to Substack. Colin's metaphorical aids are everywhere, though. Those are the autism aids. I that's thought I different. had the autism aids. Uh, you have the beans aids. Uh, that's true. Um, 
Tune in next week for the news with the two of us. The two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You had the two topics and then the news and then D&D. So. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Tune in next week to listen to us discuss the Guardians of the Galaxy by Al Ewing trade paperback. This will be a fun discussion, including many guardians of many galaxies. Wow. Goodbye. Goodbye.